You're listening to Ingredipedia, a factual food fight podcast where every episode we choose an ingredient and we fight about it. Emily, how are you? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? Very well. Good. I'm excited. We're doing something a little, doing something exciting that we yep. always promise to do and never do. That is correct. Oh, sometimes we do it accidentally, but this time we're really meaning to do it. We're actually specifically doing it. We're doing a listener suggested ingredient. Uh, this was suggested probably quite a while ago. <laughs> I'd say nearly a year ago um, by Tess uh, Tess Panza from uh, FakingItInTheKitchen.com, a food blog. Um, thank you very much, Tess, uh, for suggesting this ingredient. So let's get into it. And I want to start it uh, like all great episodes of me telling a story from my childhood. Yep. <laughs> I can just see people voting for you already, just like <laughs> waiting for it to come up. Um, but when I was a kid, and I think I've talked about this um, a little bit. When I was a kid, I went to live in Indonesia when I was, I think I was six when we moved over there. And uh, my grandfather, who grew up in Indonesia and was Indonesian, he told me that um, my job uh, as as the boy in the family was going to be to shimmy up the coconut tree and cut down the coconuts. He's like, that's what I did when I was a kid. That's what all kids do for their family. And I was like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of responsibility, but I'll, I'll train myself up. And he, he said, you know, you, this is how you do it. He showed me how you, you climb up a coconut tree. And so I trained like all that summer before I moved to Indonesia, I trained on like this pole that we had in the middle of the sort of bungalow at the back of my grandma's house. Um, it was kind of like a curtain rail and I trained myself to like shimmy up this pole and I'm like, I'm, I've got this. I'm going to be able to cut down the, the coconut. So I moved over to Indonesia and um, there actually was a coconut palm on our property where we were like family was renting. And uh, I, I, I was like, I, I can do this. I got this. I've learned how to climb a coconut palm. And um, the gardener guy walked over and went, said, you know, that's great. And then pulled, proceeded to pull out this, really long pole with like a secateurs at the end and a string on it. And he just cut down the coconuts and he went, great. So that skill was completely wasted. If you do need anybody to shimmy up a coconut palm for you, I can do it. I'm pretty sure I can still do it. Did you ever it. try it anyway? Yeah, I didn't get that high. I think if we were, if we were going to survive on my coconut retrieval skills, my family would have starved. Um, but the point of this story is that this is the coconut episode. So there are a few chocolate bars with coconut in them. You've got Bounty, you've got Cherry Ripe, has mm. some coconut in it. You've mm. got Golden Rough oh. and Summer Rolls. Yeah. They're the four I could think of. Well, Summer Rolls get coconut all over yeah, you. I guess there's, prob- they're probably, there's probably coconut in nougat logs, which are the, like the Summer Rolls. Yeah. Kind of Not as prominent. Brother. Not as on the outside. Not worth mentioning, I'd say. Okay, we'll cut that out. <laughs> Fair enough. But the one I want to focus on today is... The Cherry Ripe, Australia's oldest chocolate bar, first made in 1924. Ooh. <clears throat> Fact? Fact. Wow. And now I realise that that's why the Cherry Ripe was on the big billboard outside the Cadbury factory in Ringwood, because probably because it's the oldest yeah, right. chocolate bar. So anyway, Cherry Ripe, as much loved as it is, it does have a lot of mystery surrounding it. Mm. So I'm talking about whether eating a Cherry Ripe can register a blood alcohol reading. <laughs> have you heard of that? <laughs> no, I have oh, really? not. I, it's an urban legend that I've heard, like, lots of people know that that could in, be a thing. In Ringwood. Yeah. Yeah. Because guess who told me? A policewoman Whoa. when she came to visit our school in grade six. So I remember 
it was must have been like police come to school day and we did like our um, fingerprints on paper. Yep. And I can't remember anything else we did except for she told us that cherry ripes sometimes register a yeah. blood alcohol reading or it's like it's like thought that they could. But I don't think she said it definitely. I think she just like planted a seed in our brain and the whole class was like, let's get drunk off cherry ripes. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how I guess a great six kid thinks. I think it does yeah. have, um, <laughs> I think it does have alcohol. I can't really, I can't read it in here. But um, <laughs> anyway, I thought I'd test it out. Okay. And I've brought in um, a breath test kit that oh. my mum got me for Christmas last year. That is now. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, is that? <laughs> I think you can get them from um, 7-Eleven. It's just you... like a one-off kit. Is, was she saying something? <laughs> No, and she got them for okay. everyone. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> okay, cool. So I've eaten the cherry ripe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, okay. um, vital step. Now, the first step of this breath test in, um, instructions is to empty the powder of this sachet into my mouth. Okay. And then distribute powder evenly through the mouth with tongue for 60 seconds. Oh, shit. I, we should have not done it again. <laughs> Hold on. I, just wait while I do right. this. Wait until the white circle turns red again. Right, white rectangle turns red. When in contact with alcohol, the yellow crystals will turn green. Is anything green or? Yeah, some green there. <laughs> I think there was green there to start with. <laughs> this is the most confusing thing. <laughs> I've ever done in my life. The test is, if you can understand it, then you're drunk and you shouldn't drive. <laughs> I don't know how people are supposed to understand this. If the green colour reaches or goes over the blue line, yeah. you're over the legal limit. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. There's a little bit of green. There's a bit of green. And I haven't drunk anything. Okay. But it's not over the legal limit. It's not, You've yeah, you're not over... Over the legal limit, it's definitely on the minus side. Yeah. But there's a fair bit of green there. Policewoman was right. Grade six police teacher was right. Well, just be careful out there if you're eating multiple <laughs> cherry ripes. You only ate one cherry ripe. Half one, really. Half, yeah. half a cherry ripe. And that got, like, there was a bit yeah. of green on that booze test. That, I should say, expired in October. <laughs> the, the breath test apparently breath has test, a used by date. The breath test or the cherry ripe? <laughs> the breath test. I don't think cherry ripe's got so much <laughs> alcohol in it, it'll never go off. <sighs> All right. You're going to be right to do the rest of the yeah. show? Yeah. All right, pull your stuff together. And you'll be aware that there's been a lot of talk about the health benefits of coconut oil. Mm -hmm. Your favorite brand, I Quit Sugar have their own coconut oil you can buy at the supermarket. I've bought it before. Yeah, my mum bought me some coconut oil. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and not to be outdone, uh, Pete Evans, Mr. Activated Almond himself, is about to launch his own brand of coconut oil to go with his baby bone broths. Um, <laughs> and apparently um, some of the health benefits listed on the internet, so you know they're true, uh, that it prevents cancer, prevents Alzheimer's disease, prevents heart disease. It's basically this miracle cure. But... For all this talk of fancy coconut oil, you, you, of your Pete Evans and I Quit Sugar variety, I want to talk about the non-fancy version. I want to talk about Kofa. Huh? Uh, yeah, true. Because Kofa... What is that? Well, What's the difference? It, the probably, price. <laughs> the price. I mean, Kofa's like a dollar, a dollar five or something. But $1. isn't Kofa unhealthy? Well, then... I don't know exactly what the process for both of them is, but it's it's coconut 
based shortening. It's like 99% coconut and then it has mm. some oh, coconut oil and then has some lecithin in it as well. That's all it is. But it's a lot cheaper. It's daggy. The packaging hasn't changed since I've I been love alive. the packaging. It's got like the it's little so colourful uh, circles and stuff on it. It never goes off. As far as I can recall, we had the same <laughs> bar of Kofa in our fridge for the entire 1990s. Um, and it is it is the original coconut oil. So, um, as I was saying, it's, it's essentially it's coconut shortening or the coconut sort of fat. So, it, it is kind of the same as the Pete Evans version, I imagine, if if I'd done any research. Um, the other interesting thing is it's in pretty much every supermarket in the country, despite having, as far as I can tell, only one use, chocolate crackles. Yeah. Like that's, if you, if I said to you, what what do you put Kofa in? That's the only thing I know. That is the only thing anybody knows. <laughs> At least I thought that until I went to kofa.com.au. That's right, kofa.com.au. <laughs> Uh, it is the website of the Kofa Corporation. It's got, um, you know, obviously all the things that that you have on there, um, describing the the uh, the product. But it's also got links to a couple of Kofa cookbooks. And I say a couple of Kofa cookbooks, not just singular. There's several, and there's a link to one from 1960. And I reckon they're kind of cheating because, yes, there's chocolate crackles in there. And the other one is um, uh, White Christmas. It's kind of like a, a nougat, kind of mm. coconutty nougat thing that I have had before. But everything else just seemed to replace butter with kofa. And they're like, well, that's a kofa recipe. It's not really. You just use kofa. So what kofa is the difference? Like why couldn't you use butter in chocolate crackles? Uh, that, we'll have to put it to the kofa corporation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get them, we'll get them on the line next time. But I I, I kind of, yeah, like I, I glanced over the recipes and obviously there's yeah there's the cheating like there's chocolate crackles and then there's all the cheating ones which are basically like scones Mm. using kofa or you know christmas pudding using kofa and then i hit on one that i was going to try and cook but my wife forbade me (laughs) from making it in a house and that is because i made the liverwurst pineapple um uh, earlier on in the ingredipedia's run that recipe is kofa kidney pudding Fuck that. No. <laughs> Let me take you through no. it. No. pound of plain flour, a uh, half a level teaspoon of baking powder, a pinch of salt, nutmeg and cayenne, one egg, three tablespoons of milk, three ounces of pure kofa melted, and about six ounces of sheep's kidneys. Wow. Not even kidney beans. Actual <laughs> kidneys. Just Jesus. kidneys. Kidneys. Sheep's kidneys. <laughs> you sift the dry ingredients. You add the egg, milk and kofa, mixing until smooth. You chop the kidneys. You roll them in flour and season. Put the pudding mixture in a greased basin. When three quarters full, put in a layer of kidneys. Spread a thin <laughs> layer of the mixture on top, leaving room when tying it down for the pudding to swell. <laughs> Boil one and a half hours. Serve with dark, thickened gravy. So if you are wondering what else to use your kofa with, you've had all the chocolate crackles you can eat and you've still got a whole bar of it there. Ladies and gentlemen, kofa kidney pudding. That is really, really disgusting. Swollen kidney cake. Swollen. <laughs> Just, I hadn't read the bit where it went for the pudding to swell. So like coconut oil is everywhere, coconut water is also everywhere. Absolutely. 
I don't personally like the taste of coconut water, but lots of people do and that's okay. What I do have a problem with is not being able to go to a cafe and buy a smoothie that has milk in it because every fucking thing has coconut water in it now and not milk. (laughs) And I don't want a watery smoothie. I want a creamy smoothie with milk. But there's just all these vegetables and coconut water in it. You could have almond days. milk, surely. And That's the same thing. It's just water. It's just sweet water. And I don't want that in my smoothie. So anyway, <laughs> for this fact, I'm going to look into what coconut water actually is. Is this a fact or just a rant? And it started with a rant and I'm making my <laughs> okay. way into the all fact. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Setting the context. And why the hell coconut water is so popular. So coconut water is the clear liquid in the middle of young green coconuts, Mm -hmm. not the old coconuts, Mm -hmm. not to be confused with coconut milk. And you can buy it in cartons and um, bottles and all all sorts of things. And some people at music festivals I've seen even drink it out of the frigging coconut. Yeah, it's fun drinking out of coconut. You feel like you're on a tropical island. It's a waste of money. Okay, sure. So I like to keep track of the food scene at music festivals, see what um, stalls are pumping, see what food's good, see what I should spend my money on. It's like... Pretty much second in line to the bands. I like to keep an eye on the food. But um, Second? Yeah. Are you sure? Are well, you sure it's not actually, slightly yeah. first? I did. Well, I have a lot more knowledge of all the food vendors <laughs> at music festivals than I do of the bands most of the time. Um, so, and what's been your highlight so far? Nachos. Cool. <laughs> um, no, I've never got nachos, actually. Anyway, without a doubt at all times, the coconut water tent is the least attended food tent at festivals. Like, no one's ever there. Sure, you might see a few random people walking around with the coconut, but no one's ever um, lining up for it or anything. And that's probably because coconut water is seen as very healthy and health and music festivals generally don't overlap in the Venn diagram. So what is it about coconut water that people love? Well, Body and Soul in the Herald Sun called it nature's Gatorade. But if you Google is coconut water healthy, you're going to get a lot of different conflicting advice. Same with coconut oil. Yeah. Coconut's so tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm divided on the taste of it. Like sometimes I like it. Like Mm. I like coconut milk in curries and I like um, salted coconut and mango ice cream at Messina. That's like my favorite one. But then I hate most other things with coconut. Like I just have no time for them. Like, um, what did I have? I wrote it down. Bounty? No, I like I like Bounty. <laughs> Sounds um, like you're pro-coconut. Nah. You're more pro than anti. Oh, I'll get into it in my third fact, but now I'm on coconut water. Okay. So I had a look on um, choice.com.au, which is the leading consumer advocacy group in Australia, to see what they had to say about it. And they say, quote, accredited practicing dietitian Tanya Ferrareto says that there's little, little evidence to support the claims made about coconut water and that it's unnecessary for people to drink it for health reasons. She says it's been marketed and promoted as a source of minerals such as calcium, magnesium and phosphorus, but only contains small amounts of these and other nutrients. The marketing spin claims coconut water can also assist with weight loss, improve your skin tone and help with digestion, but Ferrareto says there is no evidence to show any of these claims are true either. And as an alternative to coconut water, she recommends tap water. Um, And she says, it's the best drink to hydrate the body and it's free, unlike coconut water, which can cost up to $4 a bottle, even more at music festivals. I added that video. (laughs) It's very specific, Tanya. Yeah. So side note, I did look into why coconuts are sold as drinks at music festivals now. And 
even though no one buys them. And I found something really interesting on the drug and Australian Drug and Alcohol Foundation website. They actually mentioned coconuts because they recommend selling a wide variety of cool and interesting non-alcoholic drinks at events to start to change the drinking culture at major events and reduce alcohol-related harm. Mm. So that may be the real reason you see coconut water at music festivals. Are you a fan of the 1960s uh, television program Gilligan's Island, M? No, but my mum is a big fan. Mm-hmm. Well, fans of Gilligan's Island, like your mum, uh, will be aware of the many uses of coconut in industry building and development. Uh, there was literally nothing the professor uh, couldn't make out of a coconut. It's like, oh, well, I'll make a coconut radio or I'll make a, you know... A, a, I can't remember anything else that he made with it, actually. Made yeah, he watched one episode. I've never seen the show in my life. I just thought this would make me seem relatable. I really want to win. You want uh, that mum vote. I really want your mum to vote for me for once. No, she normally does. Thanks. She um, for both of us. Yeah, so. it's really sweet. Um, my mum's not on Instagram, so gosh, she is on Facebook. Um, anyway, the professor may have been onto something, as was proven later by none other than disgraced, corrupt Filipino leader, Ferdinand Marcos. I'm going to take you back to 1981. Pope John Paul was planning a visit to the Philippines, which is a, a majority Catholic country. It was a big deal. He was planning to visit his, his flock in, in, uh, in the Philippines. Uh, and hearing that he was on his way, Ferdinand Marcos and his uh, shoe-loving wife, Amelda Marcos, uh, who were you know, really notorious for living an opulent lifestyle in a really poverty-stricken country. Uh, and, and after they were overthrown by the Aquino government in the 1980s, a lot sort of came out about you know, how many pairs of shoes Amelda had and uh, you know, the, the sort of gold limousines that they had and, and you know, really horrible misuse of funds. And here's another example. Uh, Amelda Marcos ordered that a grand palace be built for the Pope, made entirely from coconuts. Huh. Well, not entirely, but we can edit that out. If it it's ma- structurally unsound, well, if you it's, ask me. No, it's not apparently. It's made of 70% chemically treated coconut timber, uh, and most of the materials in the palace are native materials from the capiz shells to the juicy fibres. All the components of the coconut tree have been used in the creation of the coconut palace. Some of the highlights are the 101 coconut shell chandelier and the dining table made of 40,000 tiny pieces of inlaid coconut shells. So it's known as the Coconut Palace. It still stands today. And it cost, uh, at the time, US $37 million. Uh, it was, was what was estimated to cost in the treating of the timber, laboring overtime to get it um, in complete in time for the Pope's visit. So as Imelda ready to throw the door open to the Pope, uh, she was rebuffed. And the Pope was shocked at the amount of money that was spent on it, refused to set foot in there. And uh, he stayed elsewhere on his visit to the Philippines. So instead of the Pope opening the Coconut Palace, it was launched by special guests, actors George Hamilton. Um, your mum will probably know who he is as well. I doubt it. She Always had tan. And Brooke Shields, for some reason. So they were the special guests that stayed wow. in the Coconut Palace for opening night. Um, today, the palace is the official residence and office of the vice president in the Philippines. But it, it, in the past, it was used, um, it was rented out for weddings. 
uh, it's I, I tried to see if I could sort of book a function there now. It seems to be closed just and only used for the um, vice president. Uh, but there are tours of the palace if you are in Manila and you want to pop by. It's open between uh, 9.30 and 4.30 on weekdays. Um, it's They advise to ring ahead because sometimes the security just don't want to let you in. But uh, a good... Uh, testament to the structural properties of coconut that it is still standing <laughs> some 37 years later. Oh, my maths are bad. 35 <laughs> years later. <laughs> if survivors taught me anything, it would not be safe if someone had some matches in there. This is true. Okay, just be careful, Brook Shields. <laughs> my third fact is about the smell of coconut. Mm-hmm. And just a warning. I have a shocking sense of smell, as I've probably mentioned on the podcast. Like, I can pretty much only smell like mandarins and petrol. They're like the everyday scents that I recognise mm. immediately. But like flowers and perfume, generally, I don't smell or can't smell. I'm looking forward to your perfume perfume range <laughs> that smells like mandarins and petrol. Mm. It is actually really isolating because one day um, a sewage truck came to work and everyone couldn't work, and they were like putting their Um, jumpers over their nose and like urgently lighting candles but I couldn't smell anything I felt really left out of the commotion I think that's the one time that you should (laughs) yeah I know that's what everyone was saying yeah and um anyway anyway (laughs) with that in mind I'm gonna talk about the smell of coconut so what does the smell of coconut remind you of uh the beach that's what everybody says the beach Hawaii summer yeah that kind of thing yeah however like, I do know what the smell of coconut is, like what people say this smells like coconut, like coconut sunscreen and stuff. Yeah. However, I would say the smell of coconut reminds me of shit cosmetics and skincare products. I'm talking about that really sickly sweet coconut smell. And basically, every, yeah. like, you wouldn't know this, but as a girl, you're given like lots of just shit body butter or shit yeah. perfume that you don't even like. And every everything you're given is basically coconut I, for some reason. I've got sisters. I gave them lots <laughs> of shit from the yeah. body shop. Oh, God. It was the 90s. What were you <laughs> going to get them? Straight off to the body shop, get them something I'll never need. I've never thrown out one of those presents as well. They're just all festering <laughs> in my mum's cupboard at home. Um, so now, I can't remember what the smell of actual coconut smells like because the last time I had one was at my sister's seventh birthday which is Hawaiian themed Mm -hmm. so today I got a coconut and smashed it yep and now I've got it here now I'm gonna try and smell it to find out does a coconut smell like shit coconut skincare products okay or a shit coconut skincare products just smelling like something shit and coconut actually smells good Okay. So, you see, I feel like I should record this, <laughs> go on multimedia on it. Hold on. Emily's smelling a coconut. Okay. That smells fresh and um, coconutty. <laughs> can, I, can I try? Yeah. May I? It's, it smells really like... Yeah. I mean, it's got the... It does have the kind of... The... Doesn't the fakeness to it, but it's got like a real organic, almost kind of, I don't know, like earthy tone mm. to it. And the other, the thing I got to compare it to is a coconut flavored lip smacker, which <laughs> yes. is one of the shittest gifts you can possibly get. But annoyingly, annoyingly, it's vanilla and coconut, and uh. all I and I can just 
I think the main thing I can smell is vanilla. But I do still get like that really shit sweet coconut smell. Can I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting beach from that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, well, the vanilla, it's like, it's like the body shop in 1995. <laughs> yeah. But also the beach uh, with my dad rubbing <laughs> coconut uh, lotion into himself in mm. 1985. So very nostalgic. Thanks for taking me back. I really enjoyed so that. So I think the smell of coconut is okay. It's a lot like, it's not intense. Mm. It's just like a light beach yeah. smell. But it's like banana, fake coconut no, but I and like real fake, banana. I like them both. I, I don't know. I don't know what, it's just, I've just been burned by too many shit skincare products. Okay, Sorry. if anybody's shopping for <laughs> Emily for Christmas, get her good skincare products and stay away from the no, coconut No, don't get range. me anything. I don't use anything. Just get just her another sweet get potato. Me <laughs> get her another sweet potato. By the way, who did get me that sweet potato? I if still anybody... don't freaking know. <laughs> Can someone please tell me? Because I'd forgotten about it and now I'm freaked out again. <laughs> if anybody does want to own up for sending Emily a sweet potato to a place of work... Uh, Ingridopedia at gmail.com Okay, I feel like I'm the bearer of bad news about a lot of of the foods that we talk about. I talked about the fact that banana, like the bananas that we're faking uh, are no longer, like, are now extinct. Oh, yeah. That was sad. I, I talked about the fig, the great fig shortage of 2004 when they weren't in the Big biscuits. You that don't remember that fact. one small town in just that one, one that random one, country, that one supermarket <laughs> that the internet has still hung on to. But and this is actually current. This isn't just me trawling back through the internet. There actually is a danger of a coconut shortage, and it shouldn't be surprising because we have talked about coconut water, and I've got some mm, facts on this. True. Uh, if you people. if you look at the annual volumes, and this is till two thousand and. 12, the annual volumes of coconut water sales, it's gone from 2004, like 10,000 uh, metric tons of coconut water sold. And in 2012, nearly 100,000 metric tons of coconut water were sold in the United States. So if you extrapolate that out worldwide and extrapolate that out into uh, you know more recent figures, there's a lot of coconut water, there's a lot of coconut oil, there's a heap of bounty bars being sold, I'm sure. There's a lot of demand for coconut and they may not be able to keep up. There's an amazing story in the Atlantic from earlier this year. In the Caribbean, bacteria that cause lethal yellowing is wiping out the coconut trees. And the situation uh, is so bad that uh, a regional coordinator told Bloomberg, Bloomberg, it's fair to say that at this pace, the Caribbean is running out of coconuts. Uh, and there's similar problems in uh, Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, and Papua New Guinea. Um, this lethal yellowing or a similar disease is threatening plantations specifically set up to safeguard coconut varieties for future generations. And I'll explain what that means. A lot of uh, the sort of um, food crops that we rely on to survive as, a, as humans um, are kept in seed vaults. Um, so they maintain these gene banks, usually in seed vaults that have hundreds of different varieties of this of the seeds, and they're locked away in like a underground in Switzerland somewhere. You can't do that with coconuts because they they're mainly water, and the white fleshy meat 
uh, is endosperm or food for the developing embryo. The actual embryo embryo is at the base of the coconut and it's just bigger than a grain of rice. Uh, luckily, scientists have figured out how to cryopreserve the embryo, uh, then thaw it at a later time and grow it until it's big enough to pot in soil. But so far, even that's unreliable. So we're relying on these little plantations uh, in uh, the Caribbean and Brazil and Indonesia and Papua New Guinea that uh, are preserving coconuts as we know them. And two, no, three of the five have this lethal yellowing disease that's that's threatening plantations worldwide. Uh, luckily, uh, a couple of them, you know, are, are still okay. We're probably not going to run out of coconuts yet, but um, while you're out there ordering your smoothie, just be careful. Okay, this is a special ending because we had technical difficulties. It's just been um, saying, just vote for me. Seriously. So what do we talk about? Em breathalyzed herself after eating a cherry ripe. And then I talked about kofa. And then Em talked about coconut water. And I talked about the Philippines Coconut Palace. And then Em talked about the smell of coconut. And I talked about the coconut drought. So that was the coconut episode. And I don't need Emily here to tell you that you can vote for either my facts or Emily's facts on Instagram. Uh, We're just at Ingridopedia. Thanks for listening.